This is Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hey, it's Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon. Election day in Canada, and here we are talking hockey, the most Canadian thing we can do. So glad you joined us today. We appreciate it. Busy show. We'll hear from Christopher Steek, one of our NHL insiders, coming up before 2 o'clock. And the arrival of Patrick Steinberg and Will Nault for the big show for your Monday. And we've got a special game for you tonight as it's the Flames rookies and the Edmonton Oiler rookies. Derek, Peter, and Pat will have the call 6 o'clock, just like they did up in Edmonton. So good to hear those boys uh, yeah, on, on the weekend. Just sounds right when you hear hockey on the station, Logs. I just don't. It just feels that way to me. I, it just... One of those things I like. It's comforting, as it were. It's a uh, sign of normal times, I think. We're getting back to it. Uh, hockey in September is a uh, normal feeling around And I, I saw the guys on on, uh, on social media, on Instagram, that sort of thing, and looking good. You know, what? if I would have been the old Kirsch and I would have, you know, been a little more sarcastic or cynical, I would have, you know, the picture was great, the three guys there in the arena, but they weren't wearing ties. So I was going to put something like, hey, maybe ties next time, guys. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't do that. Didn't. I stopped myself from doing no, that. No, you just waited until today to do exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let's talk to Lou. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Lou, I, I think it was 1966, maybe maybe a little sooner than that. Mm-hmm. September 20th, I think Saskatoon, mm-hmm. Saskatchewan. Saskatoon, uh-huh. Saskatchewan. Okay. Yeah, you missed, you missed the year by one. Really? 65? Yeah, you're, you're on the high side, yeah, 6-5. Oh, my goodness. Well, how about that? I mean, today is, is Peter Labardi's birthday. And, it, 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 and, is. and the thing is, Lou... It's one of those things where you give us the presents. So we thought, you know, before we, you know, break down what we saw on Saturday, <laughs> oh let's let's All give right. everybody a little bit of loot. Just enjoy, you know, whatever's left of your lunch hour and just uh, bask in the greatness that is Peter Labardius. One word. Look out. Two words. Be careful. Oh, look out. And I smell terrific. You can take that right to any bank. They're so similar. It's mm-hmm. like apples and oranges. Talk to you tomorrow, Lou. You're a good man. Happy birthday to you. Little uh, happy birthday song from Paul McCartney. Thank he, you. He was in the Thank Beatles. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't. Well, yes, I guess I'm probably old enough to remember them. And uh, when he was with Wings. (laughs) Exactly. Paul McCartney and Wings. And the only thing that would have made this birthday a little bit better is if your Vikings wouldn't have. Oh, I knew. uh, I I had it timed. (laughs) It was over (laughs) under one minute. And by the way, just so you know, I'm not sure I'm sporting a tie tonight either. Oh, really? Tyless again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, guy gets a birthday and he just does whatever he wants. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Matt, it was so good to hear you guys back on the radio as I was driving around, minding my own business on Saturday night. I know you guys felt good to get back in the, in the broadcast booth. And um, and, I, and it was Rookies, which is right up your alley. And, and I just thought, let's just get your thoughts kind of as it's, you know, the first of many. And here we go. It's it's No one really cares about the score. It was more about how the guys did and progression and that sort of thing. But 
as you as you made your way back to to Calgary, what did you what did you think of what you saw up in Edmonton on Saturday? Well, Kelly, I'd put it to you quickly and twofold, and that is the first thing you look for is with players that you have high hopes for, are they dominant and really noticeable players? Well, especially in the case of Jacob Pelche, and I didn't think Connor Zari was far behind. I thought that they more than held up their end of the bargain. I thought other players that you expected a lot from, Zav Garodny was noticeable, as was Martin Pospisil, who, you know, we know what he's about. Big guy, he had an injury-riddled year last year, including I saw him tear his MCL in a game against Laval late in the season. But he looks like his skill level has improved a little bit, and he's hard-nosed, and I, I like his game. Um, you know, and then there are a few other guys. My second part of every one of those games, Kelly, is who's going to jump at you that you didn't necessarily expect? And there were, you know, a few of those guys. But, you know, I thought Pelche was arguably the best guy. Uh, he hounded the puck all night, made a great play on the first goal, was used in every situation, looked comfortable. He's physically bigger. We talked about that last week. Um, and I see that his skating looks like it's improved a little as well. So I, I was really, really impressed with Jacob in the game. And, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen, how it's going to play out, exactly what role, but this guy's going to be an NHLer. There's there's yeah. not much doubt in my mind. It's nice to see progression because that's it is. It's one of those things where you know he was drafted. And what kind of player is this guy? Where is he at? And and he's just each time we hear stories about him or get to see him again, there's been a jump, and that's what you want, right? Yeah, it's exactly what you're looking for at this point. Progression. And, you know, as Mitch Love talked about, you know, that game is is interesting because there's lots of different guys, different ages, different levels, different, you know, points of experience. But again, first and foremost, if you're somebody who, when main camp starts, really wants to push, then in a rookie game, you need to be noticeable and you need to look like you're better than other people. And he did, and Zeri did, and, you know, a few others did too. We're chatting with Peter Labardius. It is Hockey Central right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan, Kelly Kirsch with Logan Gordon. We're going to be having uh, Flames and Oilers rookies again tonight on the radio right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan we will go at 6 o'clock right after the big show. And don't worry, we'll keep you updated with all the uh, all the election stuff with 660 News. Lisa Grant from the News Center will be uh, updating us as things go along. A couple players uh, we'd like to talk about. We'll talk about Walker Dewar first. And maybe maybe that goes into your category of maybe you were surprised at what you saw. Tell me your thoughts on on what you saw from, from Walker. Well, he was a player, Kelly, in the first couple of days that caught my eye. I just, you know, the best way I can put it is when you watch him on the ice, he looks like a pro. I like how he skates, right-handed shot, pretty good size. He's not a huge guy, but because he has a great frame and moves around really well, and we talked about it this morning, a, a number of us at the rink, he actually almost looks bigger than he is, but he's still 6'2 and 212 pounds. Good hands, had a goal and an assist. 
um, was pretty good, I thought, away from the puck. The former player at Minnesota State who had 17 points in 28 games. And Kelly, right at the top of the list for me in terms of, okay, he's older, but he doesn't have outside of, you know, five games with Stockton where he did not have a point, doesn't have a lot of pro experience, but he's a guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on, especially not just tonight, but come, you know, Thursday to see, you know, is he a guy that gets into some preseason games? Does he at some point get integrated with, you know, NHL players? He, uh, he's continued to catch my eye and, and I'll, uh, have my uh, two peepers on him from a lot closer to the ice tonight, which will be nice. What about uh, Walker? Is I know that a lot of people immediately were like, oh, this seems like a guy that Daryl Sutter would, would like, but that's not necessarily the the be-all, end-all, right? I mean, to being an NHL or at this level, yes, you want to impress your head coach, but those sort of traits sort of – expand beyond just being a Daryl Sutter type player, right? Yes, there are certain aspects he looks for, but Walker, like you said, offensively was around it and has kind of caught the eye of, of more than that. And more than likely than not, he caught the attention of his Stockton head coach, which is more than likely the guy that he'll have to impress more than anybody in camp. Well, let's go there and see. I asked Mitch again today what his impressions of the 23-year-old right winger were. Well, I thought he had a good game. You know, obviously he had a few points. Um, that, that's what comes to the you know forefront for you, automatically looking at a score sheet. But he does a lot of other things in the hockey game that don't show up in the score sheet. You know, he's a big body. Uh, he's hard to play against. He skates the game really well. Um, you know, again, he's still learning the game as well at, at the pro level. So, um, you know, we had some video together, him and I, the other day, just walking uh, walking through some situations in the game that we can improve on. Like I mentioned the other day as well, after the game, he's very coachable. Um, you know, you can see that he's really, um, you know, driven here to, to leave an impression on, on Flames management, and uh, I think he's done that so far. Yeah, obviously Mitch Love has liked what he's witnessed so far, and, you know, we wouldn't be talking about him if I wasn't the same. I, You know, Kelly, you watch this game and you watch it close for a long time, and again, you know, we miss and what you do in a rookie game or what you do in a couple of, you know, prospect practices is one thing. But Logan, further to what you asked, I like how he skates. He's got good hands. He shoots it well. Um, is there stuff to learn? Yes. Do I think that he's necessarily going to compete for a spot? No. There, there really aren't many jobs open with the big group. But he will probably will end up being four or five, one of the four or five guys that I'm really curious about during the preseason. What about Jeremy Poirier? This is a, a Flames prospect, I think, that gets a lot of attention outside of being you know, a big profile first-round pick because he has the attributes to be that sort of player. He's top Lou. five on my questions well, to Lou in the well, exa- last exactly. six you know, months. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the boss went right there, right <laughs> off the hop. Poirier, Uno. He's just so intriguing. He's very intriguing. And, and Logan and Kelly, I'm not so sure that if you talk about straight offensive skill, he might be as gifted as anybody in the group like the group that we're watching right now and we'll watch again. And, and 
everything about him was on display the other night. There were some boo-boos away from the puck. He, he likes to play, and it's funny because we talked to him today about it, and, and I even have thought this in the last couple of weeks, and this guy played for the same junior team, for the same junior coach at one point. You might call him, Kelly and Logan, Thomas Shabbat Light. Really? That's, oh. Yes, that's, that's prop now. Remember, I said light. We remember in the World Junior in 2017 what uh, Mr. Shabbat did and put on, you know, one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen, you know, from a player at that position and obviously has gone on to get off to a very nice NHL career. But Poirier is a very gifted offensive player. And, you know, I asked him today, Pat asked him as well, how much progress do you think you've made on the other side? Of the puck. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I just think the game a little better. I I just started jumping the rush when it's the right time, not jumping all the time, moving the puck up instead of carrying up the ice. Just all the things like that, adjusting my game a little bit, uh, make the jump at the pro level. So I think it's thing I need to keep working on, keep working my defensive game, keep battling hard in my own zone and winning some battles. I think it's going to help me uh, for the future. So he knows he knows what he has to work on. So that's that's good. Um, what? What's what's next for him? What is the next six months like for him, do you think? Well, if I was Jeremy Poirier, I didn't ask him this yet, but I will at some point. I would have a gigantic chip on my shoulder because since his draft year, and Kelly, frankly, I get why. I understand why this summer he was not invited to Team Canada's summer camp. And offensively, he has the tools and has always had the tools to be in consideration. But whether it's getting himself back in the hunt for December in that vein, or whether he's going to be an NHLer, he needs to get bigger and stronger and become a better defender. He is intriguing. He's really intriguing. And he'll be a guy, I guarantee it, because I've seen it, Every time I've watched him, I remember the first time in earnest, he was playing for Canada a few years ago at the Holinka Gretzky Cup overseas and about two shifts in. And I went, who's this guy? Skates, buzzes around, passes the puck that can shoot it. The problem was about three shifts later, I said, where's this guy in his own end? But that you can teach that. You can't necessarily teach some of the gifts. So, you know, like everybody, everybody has gifts. I said it on Boomer's show this morning. I, I like this young man. I, I think he's truly maturing. There's lots there to work with. And now, frankly, it's going to be up to him. But there's, yeah. he is a, he is an interesting player. And remember, he's only 19. Well, exactly. And this is one of those deals that if it does work out for the Calgary Flames, what a lottery pick. What what that would be awesome if if that ticket cashes in because everybody I remember you and, and Sam, we you guys were talking about him on the uh on the preview a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And you guys you could tell the angst you guys had because yes, he's got all these offensive things and boy can he fly. But you know, some huge question marks about the defensive side, but 
If if they can lock that down or get it close or risk reward is there's more reward than risk. You know? Yeah, well, and and again, I describe he went in the third round, first round offensive ability. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It, it, he's going to be one of those ones that Flames fans are going to watch. And I, you know what? We were sort of like that with Oliver Shillington, kind of to a lesser degree, because he was, you know, he slipped a little bit, well, quite a bit in his, his draft year, and people worried about his defensive, uh, you know, lacking and that sort of thing. Everybody knew that he had good wheels and could really skate. So this will be an interesting project for people, and, and we'll figure out, uh, well, you know, T- today's another test, I guess, to see. It, 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 it is. And and again, it, it, it's about progress. And Kelly, you know, you've been a boss for a long time. And and Jeff Ward, the former Flames coach, used a line early last year that I've never forgotten, and it's this. The great separator in a lot of cases for elite people in anything is not how hard you work at what you're good at or comes easy. It's what you work at that doesn't. And yeah. if Jeremy Poirier, who the offensive side comes easy, truly decides that he's going to do everything in his power to get stronger, to, to be more intelligent, away from the puck, make better decisions, the Flames down the road could be incredibly pleased that they took this guy in, in the third round. Yeah. But I- for a lot of people, you know, that – Will they do it? Yeah. And can they do it on a, on a, and will they buy in? And I, I think of Sidney Crosby, his, his first year with the Penguins, you know, everyone was just, wow, he can really play this. This is going to be something else. And he knew that he had to work on his face-offs because he wasn't very good at them. And he worked at them and worked at them. And that was his off ice, you know, kind of teaching and training and, you know, and the rest is history. So this is going to be interesting to see what 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 guys and some guys don't do it too. To be honest with you, Lou, like some guys just like no, that's what I'm good at, and that's that. That's it. You put it. You put it very very well. It's like, you know, in a lot of cases, take me for who I am. Here's my strengths. If it's good enough, fine. If it isn't, maybe it isn't. You know, that's that's the decision. Sometimes we all have to make. Yeah, exactly. All right, Lou, it's it's your birthday. You you've got some junior hockey to watch back in the rink. I mean, it it's not it's, t- it's not tiff, but I mean, it's going to do for your Monday. Get a, right? get a Coke Zero wow. in you and watch the game. Oh, uh, can we can we can we clip that, please? <laughs> it's yep. not tiff. <laughs> But, but it will have to do. It will have to do. All right. Okay. Okay, Paul. Guys, have a great afternoon. You know it. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. For those of you that maybe didn't get that reference, uh, Peter Lubardius was uh, whisked away to some sort of, uh, you know, red carpet deal in Toronto for the uh, Toronto International Film Festival, and to say he was a... A uh, duck out of water, uh, whatever the phrase is. Yeah, it's good enough. Understatement. So uh, he is back in his in his his environment, a hockey rink tonight, calling hockey, which is perfect. Six o'clock tonight. We'll have Flames rookies, Oilers rookies, 
Derek Wills, Peter Labardius, and Pat Steinberg right here on uh, on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right. I um, want to tell you about a couple of things. We are live on location, our beautiful studio here. The air conditioning, by the way, really working today. Yeah, really, really strong performance by yeah. the air conditioning. Really we, coming we through. Were, I, we sort of ordered this in July and August, and it's arrived a little late. Perfect. But, uh, that's awesome. September 20th. We are, from, <laughs> we are from the Iconic Studio here, uh, powered by Iconic Electric and Controls. Thanks to them for uh, becoming partners for a long time with us. We appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Check them out, iconicec.ca, to find out what they're about. And some uh, great charity initiatives we're working on here for the next few months. Looking forward to that. Got to tell you, Steinberg is back at 2 o'clock. And coming up tomorrow, your chance to um, have some... Is it today or tomorrow? Is it today? It might be tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Today is Monday, right? All right. Um, What we have is the one, the only deep dive. That's when we really get into the stats. No need for you to look them up. Pat's going to look him up, and he's going to dive into him and give us all the scoop on. It'll obviously be uh, uh, probably Detroit and Green Bay. I imagine he'll dig into the analytics of that. It's all brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. Sports betting is now live at PlayAlberta.ca. Enjoy $20 free bet on your first deposit. Conditions apply. Uh, Must be 18 years of age or older. If you gamble, use your game sense. It's coming up tomorrow right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Deep Dive. We'll hear from Christopher Stegan. Also goes through some uh, notes. Some notes have happened in the NHL. We'll uh, get Logan's thoughts on those next right here on Hockey Central. Hockey Central continues on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, making way for the big show, arriving at 2 o'clock. And as you heard Logan on the Trending now, uh, yeah, we're going to have some hockey for you tonight. Flames rookies, Oilers rookies, 6 o'clock we'll get started. From the Saddle Dome, Derek Wills, Pete Labardius, and Pat will have the call for you right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan of the next uh, Flames action will be their first preseason game, which will be on Sunday here in Calgary against the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, lots to kind of figure out once training camp gets going as uh, – Hockey is right around the corner. Looking forward to it. And we have some notes and things to uh, discuss when it comes to the NHL. A few things uh, that I wanted to get uh, Logan's spin on. Nolan Patrick, that high draft pick from Philadelphia, who eventually made him made his way uh, in the offseason to Las Vegas, signs a, a two-year contract for 1.2-ish a year kind of thing. There's a guy that has had all kinds of problems staying in the lineup. He's had uh, migraine issues and that sort of thing. He has not uh, lived up to his his hype coming out of Brandon, but obviously Vegas thinks there's still enough there that maybe they can uh, get it figured out because he has all the potential, but certainly has been uh, been a disappointment so far throughout his uh, his pro career. Yeah, the, the second overall pick back in uh, in 2017. You, you mentioned the migraines; he missed an entire season dealing with that in in 1920. He's had some, you know, decent years. His first two years in the season, he was right around 30 points, close to 70 games. That's it's an okay total. It's not what you're expecting for a guy that that comes in at uh, at second overall. But I, I think Vegas having that familiarity there with Kelly McCrimmon and his time with Nolan going back to 
uh, being a mar- of uh, Brandon, I think will help him. I think that they are probably on a clear understanding of what makes the player successful and what kind of room he needs to grow there. And really, for Vegas, I think it's a low-risk opportunity to go out and pick a guy that you know was very highly touted for a number of years. He plays a premium position in center, and uh, for Vegas, they weren't able to go out and get that number one center uh, that they've needed pretty much since they came into the league. But maybe there's a thought there from Kelly McCrimmon and company that, look, a couple years under our system with our guys, you know, presuming he stays healthy, he's still just 23 years old. Maybe we can groom him into that spot that he was supposed yeah. to be in. you got to hope that the health stuff is behind him, and that's always a caveat for any player. But a change of scenery sometimes, I think, can do a guy a world of good, especially when he's going into a good scenario. He's got someone in his corner like McCrimmon who he knows uh, is going to have his back there in Vegas. I think it's good. And if you're Vegas, we talked about hitting a, a, a lottery ticket or a, a, a long shot with a Jeremy Poirier for the Calgary Flames, if this guy can resurrect his career and become even a shadow of what you know we thought he was going to be, if he can perish the thought, be like a really good third-line center mm-hmm. for you at $1.2 bucks for the next two years, you have hit it rich. Yeah. You know, I could use a jackpot uh, reference or metaphor, but I won't do that because that's probably too easy. And And Vegas is an interesting team because we've talked about how they've just came out of the blocks and they've been great. But the one thing they don't have, Logan, is a ton of depth when it comes to young players. They've had to give a bunch up. Mm-hmm. They've had to give draft picks up. And a lot of the the young bucks that they've that they've brought along haven't haven't gotten to that point where they actually can be NHL players just yet. They're going to have to be in the the old farm team there in Henderson and and uh, and see where they come. But this this might kind of be a stop back gap, I guess for the Golden Knights as they, uh, you know, it's not their prospect, but he is a prospect that maybe can kind of fill a gap until some of these younger guys can, can uh, you know, vie for jobs and steal a job away from the veterans. Yeah, it's sort of the the curse of being good is it costs you draft capital or it costs you uh, picks that you made, and that's why I think it, it was such a good turn of events for Vegas to come into the league like that. They had paired so many assets up from the expansion draft and yep. keeping guys and making side deals that they were able to go out and and add the talent to their team that they weren't able to draft. I mean, it, it's going to cost you top prospects to get a Mark Stone, to get a Max Pacioretty, uh, you know, to add a you know, to find the cap space eventually to get an Alex Petrangelo. All those things mean that there's a less places for your young guys to go and. B, if you're going to acquire those guys, that's, those are the kind of assets that teams want in return for those mm-hmm. guys. So um, by the same accord, you know, they're trying to maybe do it the other way now, right? The Flyers needed more upfront help right away, NHL help right away, and uh, they make that three-way deal there with the Predators so that Mark uh, Ryan Ellis winds up there in Philly. But Nolan Patrick kind of comes the other way, and he doesn't have to be rushed into that situation. He can kind of build up. He's not going to take a William Carlson's spot away from him right away, but he, you're right. He's kind of just in that age where he's 23. He's had a couple of years of NHL experience. You're probably expecting him to be on the team, but he's still a step ahead of where some of the other guys in your organization are because most of the top-end talent, like you've said, isn't there because of either they've traded the draft picks away or they've traded the player that they picked. Yeah, they're playing somewhere else yeah. or they're not ready yet. Suzuki, yeah. Branstrom, all those kind of that guys. That kind of stuff. Yeah. 
a good story that, you know, I was thinking about this today when I was reading about it, that Jonathan Duran has, has been very, very open about his, you know, struggles with mental illness and anxiety and that kind of stuff. And he says he's, you know, he took a step back from the team last year and really worked at it. Um, and it's just nice to see. It's a good, A, it's good that we can be open about it. B, that no one is, you know, judgmental because it wasn't v- v- very long ago that, ooh, He's what? What's his problem? Oh, yeah, he's, he's a head news. case. He's a... Absolutely. So now, you know, there's a guy that has all the potential in the world. He's shown flashes of it. Um, and, you know, sometimes I, I wonder about guys in their home province, if it's maybe tougher on them to, to be a star in with the Montreal Canadiens. There's probably some upside and there's probably some downside, but it's good that he's he's feeling he's in a better place right now. And A, good for him, and B, Good for society and the National Hockey League and that culture to accept this and understand this is, uh, you know, it's not a broken leg, but it's still something that mm-hmm. somebody has to rehab from, and and it looks looks positive for Jonathan Drouin. It's one of those things, Kill, where you you have to stop and and think about it so long. The guy's been playing hockey for in Ever. the NHL since 2014-15. You think, man, oh. Talked about Jonathan Duran so many times, right? He's part of that big trade to Montreal for mm-hmm. for Sergachev. There's all that pressure that goes back and forth. He's 26. Yeah, that's not old. That's <laughs> we've not. Been ta- we've been talking about him so much, like uh, exactly, 17, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, right. So you sit there and you think, man, at, at 26 years old, you don't have anything figured out. You know, I mean, you're starting to get your life together, but the pressure is day to day to be the guy in Montreal and to to be. Like you mentioned, in your hometown where there's more pressure on, on, on guys from that area mm-hmm. to succeed as part of and the Montreal Canadiens. And you've shown Canadian. flashes yep. that you can be it, but maybe you haven't been able to put it together. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's a commendable thing to do. I think that it's it's still one of those things that, you know, I think there's a stigma about one still, way or the other. Of Not as much of back one, to, but still. I, yeah, I still think there is. I still think there will be that. That band of people, you know, okay, you got to play through it. You're a pro athlete, all these sort of things. And we've heard it in the Olympics, whether it was Simone Biles or yeah. Naomi Osaka and, you know, different scenarios like that where I think the athlete has encountered a, a bit of pushback on it. I haven't seen that in Duran's case. I hope it doesn't come because he doesn't deserve it. it it's not a necessary thing. I think it's it's going to be looked at through that lens of of – you know, something that players need to take it's, the time it's out. It's got to be a positive. Has to it be has a positive. To. Yeah. yeah. And look, if Jonathan Duran can come back to hockey and have it be a happy thing for him again, a positive in his life, it's only going to be better for him. It's only going to be better for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, going forward. exactly, because that's what I was going to go next with this is that um, if you're the Montreal Canadiens and they've had an interesting off season, you know, they make it to the Stanley Cup final and then. Now what kind of thing? Mm-hmm. But if you can get him to to play at a level that you were hoping for, that's that's an addition that maybe you didn't you know you weren't counting on, and that'll be awesome for for them if they can say, oh my, you know, we can pencil this guy in. We know he, he's in the right place. We're going to support him the right way. Jonathan Durant might be one of those one of those extra special players that helps Montreal in a very tough division. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you can see it. I think you look back at. At 18-19, he was a 53-point player in 83 games, and that was sort of the trajectory he'd been on through Tampa Bay. He'd come over and had a good season with Montreal. He was now in his second year. And then, you know, we got into 2019-20, and the total started to drop off a bit, and 
the questions started to be asked about it. And at the end of the day, I think, Kelly, when you have these sort of conversations and you look back at it and you say, look, if we can get Jonathan back to being Jonathan and loving what he's doing and enjoying being part of the organization, would we sacrifice 20 games? Would we sacrifice 30 games of a season so that he can come back and do that for the next two, three, four, however many years forward? I think, yeah. And I think that sometimes you have to look through it in that long-term lens because Mm -hmm. guess what? If the guy's got anxiety about playing, he's having trouble sleeping, all of these sort of things, it's not going to get any better for him. It's going to get worse for him. It's going to compound and it's going to become a problem for for Montreal that you don't want to have. So I, I think at the end of the day, you... You bite the bullet short term for the long term value of, of the relationship between you and the player, and just for Jonathan's own self outside of hockey to feel mm-hmm. good about it. I mean, these kids grow up loving this game and wanting to do nothing more to get to that point where you're so anxious that you can't sleep and you're thinking yeah, about it all the time. Wound up about it. Yeah. That's that's never a good spot for yeah. anybody to be in. And and I don't suppose COVID helped that for I him doubt or it. anybody nope. else. Um, and if you're the Montreal Canadiens, maybe you need some. Some good uh, good vibes going, you know, off the ice because after the draft this year, mm. when they were very controversial, maybe that's uh, maybe that's probably, you know, maybe some good stuff coming their way, <laughs> yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, it is Hockey Central right here on Sportsnet nine sixty, the fan, the big show coming up at two o'clock. Flames and Oilers rookies right here on the radio coming at you. At six o'clock tonight on Sportsnet nine sixty, the fan, and we will have updates for your federal election. From the 660 News Center, we'll have updates in the intermissions and at the end of the game, all that kind of stuff. Promise, right after the uh, polls close, 7.30, 8 o'clock, we'll have Lisa Grant on that from 660 News. Travis Zajac, who uh, signs a one-day contract to retire as a New Jersey Devil. And he played a long time and um, good player. Mm-hmm. Not a great player. Yep. But good, solid career and... Uh, I don't know if I was surprised, but maybe just, you know, age and father time, again, undefeated. And especially in this this era of the NHL, it, it the older guys just, the young guys are just too good and the competition is too high. And maybe just Travis said, that's enough's enough. It's funny because when, when I saw this, I immediately, I immediately thought of, of Matt Stajan. I immediately thought of a guy in, in Nashville like David Legwand. These are guys that first-round draft picks, a lot of high expectation to be the guy and to be you know the top six forward, the, the be-all, end-all. But these are guys that wind up playing a 1,000 games in the NHL and having a back-and-forth impact on a two-way level. You don't get to play a 1,000 games. You don't spend your entire career with an organization or two without bringing value to it. And I think sometimes we, we lose the the optics of what a first-round pick can be. I think everybody expects that first-round pick to be the next franchise player. But if you can go and get a first-round pick that plays a 1,000 career NHL games, I, I think you've been pretty successful. And, and oh Zajac seems like that sort of guy for me. He was never a, a big name. He was never the first-line center for that team. He was just always Mr. Dependable there. And there's so many of those guys – your favorite teams probably had one of those guys over the years, and that's why immediately in Calgary, like I said, I, I thought of Stajan. Mm-hmm. I, I thought of Legwand in, in Nashville. There, there's just those guys that are always going to be around. You'll remember them as long-term players for one organization, and they were just the 
the glue that held that team together for so long. And uh, Zajac, a guy that we wouldn't have seen a lot, but I mean, man, first round pick back in t- 2004. Yeah. Jumps into hockey. It was on the Selkie Valley uh, seven times. You know, never won it, but it was just, just a good, dependable player night in, night out. And uh, I think those are the guys that, you know, at the end of the day, you want to have on your team. And man, 1,024 games in, in his career. He won't be remembered in the Hall of Fame, but he'll certainly be remembered in New Jersey as as oh, one of those guys. Absolutely. He'll go up on the ring that the Devils have and, and be honored the way that is. And it was a little weird that he got, you know, traded a, across the way for the Islanders there and, and uh, didn't didn't work out the way he wanted to. He got into 14 uh, playoff games. But so, yeah, he, he uh, and internationally, not not bad for Canada. He, he won, you know, normally the Devils in their heyday were always in the playoffs and couldn't play in the world championships, but he, he did play twice in 2009 and 2011, got a uh, silver medal in 2009 with Team Canada, so that's kind of cool. So he, he calls it quits. It'll be interesting to see what he does now. You wonder what, what the plan is. Does he step back? Does he get into coaching? Does he stay away from it? I've done all those, those interviews on the, uh, for the time machine of X-Flames players, and you can almost split it down the middle. There's some guys that, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to figure it out. I, 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 wanna, I wanted to get it scouting. I'll, 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 I'll coach. I'll do whatever, whatever it takes. And then other guys go, you know what? I've done all that. I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm not going to watch hockey anymore. I'll, I'll coach my kids' hockey teams, but I'm not going to do this. And it's about 50-50, so it'll be interesting to see where Travis goes with that. But certainly, if you play 1,000 games in the NHL, you're doing something. And you know, basically, except for a little stint with the Islanders there and for a playoff run, all with one team. That's fantastic. So he retires today. So that's a good on him. Uh, we're going to take a little break and uh, tell you what's coming up. Uh, Two o'clock means the arrival of Will Nault and Pat Steinberg. It uh, was a crazy day in the NFL. Uh, interesting weekend in the CFL. The Blue Jays had an interesting weekend. All kinds of stuff. I know the guys will have that and uh, dig into all kinds of things and, and talk about what they uh, what they saw at the rookie game up in Edmonton as we have that game for you right here on Flames Radio on Saturday night. But we'll hear from uh, one of our insiders, except he'll be, uh, he'll have, we'll get the Toronto Steaker as uh, Christopher Steak joined the guys from Toronto. Uh, always good. And a little, little preview, you get, you get a Phil imitation, so that's worth sticking around just to hear his uh, Phil Kessel imitation. That's next right here on Hockey Central. This is Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960. The That's our cue. Kelly to Logan Gordon. Making way for the big show at 2 o'clock. And Flames and Oilers rookies at 6 right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Coming up on Wednesday. That's not tomorrow. It's the next day. Cavalry FC next match. It'll be against Pacific FC. It is the Canadian Championship quarterfinals game. At Field, so it's an 8 p.m. kickoff. They open the gates at 6, kickoff at 8. Now, please note that this event requires proof of COVID-19 vaccination or a negative test to attend this event. And if you want details or get your tickets, get them, get them now. Get them today. Don't, don't, uh, don't delay. Just go to our website, and you'll see it. You can just link to it off there. Simple as that. Or you can just go Cavalry FC tickets in your little Google machine. And it'll take you right there, but it's a, uh, it's pretty fun. I hear some of the guys from the station are going, so Thursday might be interesting around here. So because I, I don't suppose they're just going to sit there and break down all the, uh, 
all the different combinations. It'll be like, hmm, where is the bar? That seems so, unlikely for yeah, them to. Yeah, I can't in, imagine. In depth. Yeah, that's happening. All right. So 2 o'clock means Pat and Will firing up. So we've got Pat from the Saddle Dome. Yep. And we've got Will here. Yep. That's cool. That's cool. Getting ready for the rookie game tonight. So Pat yep. wanted to be in the building, ready to go. Yeah, we don't have any. We're no just time go, to waste. We just go one, from one to the other. Um, so, yeah, that's coming up. And, yes, yeah, so we will keep you up to date on uh, on the election tonight. So uh, you can either listen to our sister station, 660 News, or you can just listen for those awesome reports that will run in the intermissions and post game and that kind of stuff. We will keep you up to date for sure. Absolutely. Chris Versteeg, who uh, we love on our show, the pride of Leftbridge, Alberta. Uh, he's always good for uh, you know, a little controversy, comes with fire. Uh, we're going to get him back real, real soon as uh, he'll join uh, Boomer and Rhett and Ryan and Maddie. So that's coming up. But we thought we'd play a, a little uh, Steger from uh, from Toronto. And uh, you got to listen carefully because there will be a uh, Phil Kessel imitation, which is uh, reason enough to, uh, <laughs> to dial in. So the, I guess w- how they started, Logan, this conversation was about, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs fans and being in a big market, a big Canadian market with the NHL. It's, uh, you know, we love you today, and then later today, maybe not so much. It's it's tough, and uh, that's kind of what, and, and Steger's been through it. He played in Toronto, he played in Calgary, he played in Los Angeles, and played in Chicago. There's some big big hockey markets there. So I kind of picked up on that train of thought of, you know, what, what it's like to play in a big, big hockey market where the focus is always on you guys. If Phil Kessel, giving <laughs> the boys a pump-up speech on day one of training camp, what would it sound like? Well, you're throwing me right into the oh, mix. Yeah. Now I'm rusty. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's going on in Toronto land. And now I got to do a Phil Kessel impression, but it would basically go along the lines of, boys, I don't know if we're going to win or lose this year, but let's just give our best. Oh, Chris, that's that's incredible. I, I like to think that Kessel is like the NHL's Christopher Walken. Like everyone can do an okay one. Yours is very good. I mean, the story. That was you, rusty. That was that good. Was rusty. I haven't done it in a while. Oh, see, yeah. the fact that it can only get better, you're setting a really high bar for yourself. I mean, I've I've heard you tell countless of those stories, and I I'll I mean Kessel just has a soft spot in my heart. Like I could I could hear him all day. You know, something I was thinking about with you, we've been talking about, you know, the core of this team and all the pressure on them, and now that the season back here it's starting to ramp back back up we all know how bad it can get in a market like toronto when everyone's kind of turning on you and things don't feel like they've gone so well what's the other side of that like you won a couple cups in chicago and that market cares and they definitely cared by the time the second one came around like what is the actual like pot of gold at the rainbow like for these guys if they ever become the group to do it here and get it done like no one would know better than you given the two cups in chicago well, at least they're turning on these guys when they're a really good team. You could have been like us in 2011 when they were turning on us and we were in 10th or 11th place. So at least this team has the players set. It has a good core. Uh, and now it's about finding their identity and learning to play in the playoffs. This season should be about gearing up their systems and gearing up players to understand what it takes to win in the playoffs. Because, again, in Chicago, it took forever to win. Uh, and we laid it down, and we understand. We understood the path, what it took to win, especially in the depth part of our lineup. 
And, I mean, when you went in Chicago, we had 3 million people at our parade in 2010. And by 2015, they all wanted my head because I was playing terrible. So <laughs> it's, that's what happens in good markets. Uh, you get held to a high standard day after day, which it should be. And that's what I always loved as a, as a hockey player. Uh, that was the thing I felt a little tough when you're playing in Florida is when there's just not that standard held by the fans to the same extent. Maybe now with, with a good team there and maybe building up a fan base again. But on these top-end fan bases, they hold you accountable, which you know gives makes you anxious at times, but it makes it exciting to play. You'll laugh at this one, Chris, because, I mean, it's a, it's a media thing. Um, it's a blanket question. It's a fallback question type of thing. And I'm going down this path, hoping not to hone in on this particular situation. But the old question is like, what's the mood in the room? Well, I don't know. A um, bunch of millionaires are enjoying life and, 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 and playing hockey, right? And, and going out there and doing their best. Life is, life is challenging, no question about it, in its own way. But generally speaking, things are pretty good. My question hones in on the day-to-day nature of this coming season for the Maple Leafs. There will be the ups and the downs of a usual season. There will be the pursuit of 50 goals by Austin Matthews. There will be the pursuit, I would imagine, of 100 points by Mitch Marner. There will be a fan base that will be engaged as the season goes on because as much as we would like it to be the end of April and early May, pretty much right away, we got six months until we can get there. You talk about honing systems, being prepared for the second season, etc. What will the day-to-day like be inside the room this year, given that the fan base and the city and really the country that follows this team will be waiting for the postseason? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I had to retire. I couldn't deal with my own ups and downs anymore at the end of my career. But when you're playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs and you're expected to win, I'm sure it's going to be tough day to day, especially if you're on the losing streak and everyone starts that fishbowl mentality starts to come down on you. So it, that that's where you have the leaders in the room, the guys that have done it before. You have to stick to the plan and understand again, like you got to get in the playoffs. I understand that's hard enough to do, especially in today's game with all the parity in the league. But you do got to be prepared for the playoffs. And again, I talked about Mitch Marner at the end of last season. I'm like, he doesn't need another skills coach, right? His skills are the best in the world. He needs to get with someone independently who's going to show him what to do, show him Patrick Kane video in the playoffs, show him where he's going consistently. So start to implement that in your game throughout the season. And there's going to be tough times. There's going to be hard times in the season because you're not going to be able to create as much free room, but you're preparing for the big time in the big season. So there we go. Chris Rustig. And for all my uh, friends and colleagues that uh, love to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs at nauseum, there you go. There's a little Toronto Maple Leafs talk, more than I really wanted, and that'll be it probably till April. So uh, fill your boots, and because uh, it's a Calgary radio station. So there you go. So anyway, Chris Versteeg's always awesome to have on. So he's kind of comparing what it was like to, to play in a big market and when the expectations are really, really high, and they are always high in Toronto. It's just uh, they are never fulfilled. That's how that usually works. Big show coming in after 2 o'clock. I know you guys have, have got a loaded show to talk about the NHL rookie game. Uh, we, we had the Flames and the Oilers rookies up in Edmonton on Saturday. Uh, also, we had a game on Friday early, 5 o'clock uh, Calgary time, as the Stampeders took on the Ticats. It's not really what I expected. And, like, 
are do we have a quarterback controversy? I don't think so. But it's not maybe out of the realm of possibility. So we'll see what happens. Bo was not great. Uh, I think he's still injured or he's not recovered yet. That's what I think because I don't think a guy just all of a sudden can't put a zip on a ball and find guys. I, I don't believe that. So that's what I think. We'll see what happens and see what the guys think. And uh, and so much stuff in the NFL, it drives us crazy. There's so many storylines, amazing games. Had another great game on the radio Yesterday, with back and forth with Baltimore and Kansas City, and the Ravens win it. And the Jays, how about that? Game and a half up on the Yankees, and they've got a game in hand. So, hmm, we'll see what happens. Are we going to have a wild card game with the Blue Jays on this radio station come October? I hope so. Big show is next, right here on Sportsnet 960.